the lie the poetry tells is constant as the truth itself without the lies and the false beliefs where would we be where would we be welcome to the state of the theory podcast i'm hannah and i'm an india and we are your theory doctors Welcome back. Hi. We are... What are we doing today? We are working through our conflicted emotions and our trauma. Existential crisis. Yeah, around the election. Yes. We've talked a lot about doing podcasts about the election. Yes. And we've never, we've never done one. Done one. Yes. Partly because I think I was away during the primaries. Yes. And to be fair, the primaries did go on for a long, long time. They, this yeah. is one of the things about American elections. They go on for They do. The primaries <laughs> I was at home for the primaries. Mm. Um and twenty four hour news mm. just it really beats you down. Um I saw a lot of yeah. coverage, and I think that I've always had fatigue. Yeah. I've had chronic, yeah. chronic election fatigue. Yeah. So I've always kind of. Yeah. So th- and that that's interesting for us because I'm the complete opposite, right? I I'm sort of a political junkie at the best oh, of times. Obsessed. I can't. I'm, I'm I can't resist TV election coverage, and when it's as much of a freak show us. I mean it's designed it's designed for yeah. audiences. Yes. And I I you know, my politics is clearly one that isn't about electoral politics. But I just can't resist. It's it's the it's the ritual, it's the charade. Like I remember this is a slight tangent, but I remember like the last time the Pope was elected. Oh yeah. Being so riveted by wait like is the smoke white, is the smoke black? <laughs> Thinking like, you know, in no way, shape or form does this affect me in any way. But it's just the ritual of electoral politics. I just, you know, I I don't sleep on the night of elections, whether it's British elections or American elections or whatever. I'll stay up and watch the coverage. Yeah, you can't sleep. I can't sleep. You say that you yeah, can't, I can't sleep. I can't. And you need to be surrounded by like-minded people. That's a recent chamber. thing. That's a recent thing. That That's like the realisation that... Sympathetic human contact is needed after Brexit, <laughs> and there's a prophylactic sense in which I'm. I think I might need human contact, given what might happen on Tuesday night. Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, we have a rule because Tom is equally obsessed mm. as as you are mm. with, particularly with the stories yeah. about Donald Trump. Like he's just absolutely. You, you said the name. I know, I did. You said the name. Uh, it's like Beetlejuice. But he... <laughs> it is, really. Um, but we ha- I have a no Trump in the bedroom rule. <laughs> which is, I think... I, I think that's probably a, a I think good it's a rule. rule. I think it's a rule many, for life. Yes, in many forms. It's a, a rule that all all humans should follow. Yeah. Um, and no Trump after 8pm. So we have a no... You can't watch the conference then. Yeah, I mean... Uh, 8 p.m. I, which time zone? Aww. I... But honestly, I don't... 
I find election coverage to be so boring that when you saw the last time you were here for mm. the, the British general election, I just went to bed. Yeah. I mean, I stayed up for the weird, the weird BBC holograms of yeah. Ed and David, yeah. you know, mm. and then was mm, like, yeah. okay, all right, that was the most interesting mm. thing that's going to happen. I went to bed. I can't really get, I can't really get that interested in it as if it's, as if it's television. I don't know why. Maybe I'm lacking a chip or something. Well, I, I mean, part of what I'm interested in is the television, is the 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 ritualization of, you know, the what we are told is the ultimate form of civic engagement, and you know, yes, we both have our issues with that, with you know, voting as presented as the most exalted form of political action um but it is that and it's it's fascinating the way the rituals work differently in different contexts so the three contexts i know the most british british india and uh, indian and american and they work completely different differently in all these three contexts yeah when indian election goes on for weeks right yeah um, more than i mean the the general election itself happens across weeks um but what is really interesting and one of the things that really disturbs me about the way the American general election is is decided is the fact that one state gets called before another state finishes voting. Yes. And in, that doesn't happen in India. So it happens over weeks, but nothing gets counted until everyone has voted. Um, which, you know, and I don't often say this about the Indian electoral system, but actually it's <laughs> it's quite a good, robust thing. Yeah. Where... You vote over weeks because, you know, let's face it, with that population, you have to, like, logistically. Um, but nothing gets counted until everyone has voted. And then it all gets counted in one day because it's electronic. Um, and results get declared, like, in one day. Uh, so we don't have, you know, hanging chads. Yes. Are we going to have hanging chads again this year? The hanging chads. Um, so it's moved on. Technology has moved on from the hanging chad to mm. the... Um, the rigged voting machine. Yeah. Made popular by, I think that TV show, The Good Wife, which mm. had a whole episode mm. about mm. this, the mm. rigged voting machine. Mm. Um, Trump has released stories about how Hillary Clinton has some nefarious tie to the company that produces most of the voting machines. And while so at, therefore... While at the same time sending out fake messages about under under Hillary Clinton's name about how you can save time and vote by text. Yes, and, so yes. So but it, it, let's let's remember Trump is incapable of rigging an election. Yes. Because he is the embodiment of virtue something. I I genuinely <laughs> don't know. Like I I I have no idea. Like I can't explain him. I can't I just have no no so clue. I guess this is, I mean, this is where we were thinking of starting, right? So um, for the, if you, I will put this in the, in the link, there's a, a daily show video that imagined what a first term, first term of, of Trump's presidency would be like. And it's sort of a tongue in cheek, apocalyptic end of America as we know it type thing. And I watched it and sent the link to you and, and you watched it. And one of the things I was thinking about while watching it was 
not being able to tell whether the satire was directed at Trump, whose presidency will lead to sort of America becoming the Hunger Games, or the, whether the satire was directed at those of us who are considering a Trump victory to be apocalyptic. And I don't know which one they're aiming at. Yeah, I mean, to, I think to back up a little bit, the the apocalyptic narrative has often been associated with the right wing. Yes. Um, The way that Fox News has historically Mm. tied Obama and Obama's presidency to images of rioting African-American communities, right? This, This kind of... Um, it's difficult to conjure the image, but you know what I mean. Yes, but... And the the sort of Obama is to blame for what is... And, I, and I, I'm not making this up. Yes. This is genuinely the rhetoric. Mm. The downfall of America's yes. Christian civilization. Yes, yes absolutely. That you know, he's the Satan. It is the you collapse know, of America's I mean, Christian civilization. Alex Jones on his radio is, is talking about how, like, I don't know if you saw this thing, they were talking about um, how um, Obama and Hillary are starting to smell of sulfur because they are possessed. And he, like, putting up clips yeah. about how often, like, flies land on Obama and not, don't land on yes. people around him. So, I mean, you know, there is a satanic um, discourse, for want of a better word, um, surrounding... Um, surrounding both Obama and Clinton on the right is... But I'm not talking about the satanic discourse. I'm talking about the... And this was... was, um, This idea went viral a couple of weeks ago. It didn't go as viral as it should have, Mm. so we'll put the link Mm. in and Mm. our thousands of listeners (laughs) can forward it on. Um, It's... It was a cracked article Mm. written by... Did I send you this? It was written by the founding editor of Cracked... Mm a writer named David Wong, and um, he is from Middle America. He's from a tiny town out in rural Illinois. And I as well, I'm not from a rural part of America, but I did, I was raised in an evangelical church. Um, And when we talked about our guns episode, I grew up with guns in my house. So Mm. I have some Mm. working knowledge Mm. Mm. of how various Mm. aspects of the Christian right Mm. thinks. Um, And it's not about... Obama isn't the Antichrist, Mm. and Hillary Clinton isn't the Antichrist. Mm. That's not what it is. It's just that they have ushered in Mm. an era in Mm. which we have lost Mm. our way. We have lost our morals and Mm. our values. Mm. And there's been a breakdown Mm. in civilization because... People are moving away from Christ. They're moving away from and and David Wong puts this puts this really well. The the mindset is and I, I talk about this as if as if this is kind of an other mm. different distinct mindset, mm. which I'm not as far away from it mm. Mm. Um, in terms of my background and my mm. my experience as I make it sound. It's this idea that. Family values are obvious. Mm. It's self-evident. Mm. These these things are self-evident. 
a two-parent home is mm. better for children mm. than a mm. single-parent home. Working for your money is better than mm. relying on a paycheck from the government, which mm. may or may not come. Working hard mm. is better than being lazy, right? This kind mm. of... Mm. And they're not particularly evil or, mm. or off-putting values. Mm. It's that the way that Fox News has managed to spin the story, it's that all of those basic things mm. are threatened by Obama, for example. Where when in fact, of course, you know, you you, you look at the Obamas and you see a highly functioning yes. upper middle class family yeah. that exude the family values yes. of the Christian yes. right. You yes. know. So do you then think that the disjunction that we see between what the Obamas stand for and Fox's representation of that. Is is there a similar disjunction between the liberal discourse about Trump and Trump and what Trump stands for? I don't know. I mean, hmm. I... Presumably not. Because... There's a lot of video clips mm. of Trump saying the things that he said. Yeah. And Trump doing the things that he's done. Like... Yeah. The, there's images yeah. of him being yeah. what he says yes. he is. Yes. Whereas the way that Fox News has had to construct its mm. visual narrative... Mm of the Obamas has relied on rhetoric more than on images. So the, the apocalyptic tone on the left is more justified than the apocalyptic tone on the right? I mean, it's a question, right? Because the, the apocalyptic tone on the left, the apocalyptic tone has always been used on the left as well, yes. particularly around climate change. Yeah. Um, that is the basically the the kind of mm. biggest mm. weapon that the climate mm. ch that climate change activists have mm. is this image of the destroyed future you know yeah. the the smoking ruins yeah. of human civilization mm. um so the the imagery and the the terms used mm. aren't aren't strange mm. for the left mm. What's interesting is that this is satire and Fox News is not mm. satire. Mm. I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to figure out, and it's it's really hard, even for me, who's not really connected to any of this, to get any kind of perspective after the weeks of camp, months, years, whatever, however <laughs> long this has been going on for, is the existential crisis that the thought of a Trump presidency brings to mind, to what extent is that justified? Like, would, if Trump wins on Tuesday, will the fabric of the American Republic as it stands now, will that be threatened, and therefore will the ripples of that destabilization go through the rest of the world 
or is that putting it too strongly? I got the sense from the tone mm. of Trevor Noah's mm. take on this mm. that he himself and the Daily Show writers mm. don't take that position. Yeah. The tone of that bit was in some in in some ways yes mm. there are there will be aspects of a trump presidency mm. that will be really bad for the world yeah. but there were aspects of the obama presidency that were really bad for the world yeah. specifically the obama administration's drone policy yeah. for example yes. um so in you know, and I, we all know what what the Bush mm. administration did for the world. Mm. So, to what to what extent is? You know, I remember having a chat with my mum about this, and my mum said, "You know, from a fabulous lady, from the perspective of you know an ex member of the Communist Party, there has never been a good American president." Yeah, exactly. So, to what extent does Trump represent? a Trump presidency follow on in the tradition of, you know, maybe liberal, maybe conservative, but generally American imperialist precedence, precedence. And to what extent is this going to be something new? I mean, it's already something new. Yeah. It's already gone, I think, beyond what. See, I'm looking for consolation say. here, and I'm I mean, not I getting don't, any. <laughs> I, like, I can't tell you because that yeah. hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean, it's all hypothetical. And honestly, a lot of it has very much to do with what happens in the House races. Mm. And the Senate, and the Senate races. Mm. And it has very much to do with how the Republicans decide to deal with Trump if he wins. So, will there be mm. how the party will handle itself. They've had a very... A, they've they've had it... Their, their divisions and mm. their splits mm. have so far been able to kind of manage itself under Obama because the one thing they can agree on is... They hate Obama. They hate Obama. So but the they, other thing they can agree on is they hate Hillary Clinton. Yes. So... If Hillary were to win, yeah. which, you know, statistically she's still likelier to win. I'm touching, I'm touching wood and knocking and all of those things, but yes, go on. Um, but if, if Hillary wins, the Republican Party is stronger hmm. in Congress because she provides that same hmm. rallying point, yeah. despite the fact that they are deeply divided. Yeah. Party in the way that British Labour is divided. Yes. The British Labour has has a super racist right wing that mm. they're losing to UKIP, mm. and a middle ground pro market, mm. pro neoliberal, and a left mm. a left wing mm. pro socialist. The Republicans all sit on the right, mm. and they have the middle ground, the bipartisan kind of pro-cooperation, and then the crazy right wing 
tea partiers. And as far mm-hmm. as I can tell from what I have read about the tea party since its demise, is the whole goal of the tea party mm-hmm. was seriously just to chuck the tea in the harbor. Like mm-hmm. it was, the whole point mm-hmm. was to be a protest mm-hmm. group. They weren't. Mm-hmm. They had no agenda other than mm-hmm. to like screw mm-hmm. with the rest of Congress. Kind of like that that one friend you have when you play Risk, mm. who halfway through decides there's no way they're going to win, mm. so they just decide to screw everybody else over, and the second half of the game of Risk is just really mediocre. So, is there an exit strategy for American democracy from this campaign? Like, where does it... Well, democracy is alive and well in the sense of it's chugging along the way that it always has in the United yeah. States, which is mediocre, but it, I mean, in ter- irrational. Yeah. In terms of leading to a functional Washington. Well, Washington doesn't function very well right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is there a way in which, like... The, ha- the, the House and Senate races really are mm. the most important. Mm. Um, Plus, there's lots of stuff happening in the states and at the state mm. level and at the at the local mm. level, and it mm. really depends where you live, right? The United States not only has mm. the system of checks and balances within the three mm. branches of government, which, for those of you who don't know, most of our listeners are American or are familiar with the American system, but it's the judicial branch, which is the Supreme Court, which is currently hamstrung because Congress won't approve Barack Obama's nomination to the Supreme Court after Scalia's death. The legislative branch, which is the House um, and the Senate, based roughly on the Houses of Parliament, and the executive branch, which is the President, and they operate, They their powers are seriously limited. When Washington works, it works because they work together. But that's the thing, you have like half of Congress refuses to work with the other half. Yes. So, I mean, you know, already Senate and House Republicans have gone on the record saying they'd be perfectly happy for that Supreme Court seat to remain empty for the next four years. So they might not nominate, might not approve whoever Hillary Clinton nominates if she wins. Yes. The, yes. Which is problematic. I would imagine, and I don't know that much about mm. this, mm. would imagine there are lawsuits happening right yeah. now that are arguing about the constitutionality of... Because unlike the UK, the United States has a written constitution um, around which all of American laws Mm. orbit. Mm. And I would suspect, and this is where I guess the judicial branch eats itself, because at a certain point the, the question of is it constitutional for Congress to hold the Supreme Court hostage as a way of getting back at the president, if that's constitutional, mm. will eventually have to be decided upon by the Supreme Court. Which is going to be locked in a four-wall Which is just... Stalemate. Like, I don't know what they would... But presumably there are lawsuits at work right yeah. now about this, mm. trying to get the government mm. to do its job. Mm. Um, but there's, so there's all of that at work. But there's also the federal system, yeah. which... I don't know that much about the intricacies of the mm. Indian federal system. Well, it's not a federal system, but yes. But it's, it functions mm. in terms of there's states. There's a state level mm. and a central 
yes. a central government yes. level. And in the United States, the states have a lot of power. Yeah, which isn't as true in India. Yeah, so we were just talking about mm. the propositions in California. Mm. Um, because California is the state that I'm from, where I've historically voted. And California votes on all of these mm. massive convoluted laws. Um, California also has the ability to um, recall a governor, for example, which is how Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor California a number of years ago, um, because the people of California decided to recall Gray Davis and elected Schwarzenegger in, in his place. But we have all these propositions on the ballot that we're voting mm. for this mm. year and um, comes up you know, regularly every few years, we've got a bunch of propositions. And all of those laws will become law. Mm. Um, whether or not Donald Trump has anything to to say about mm. it as president. Mm. And two of those have to do with the death penalty. Mm. So ultimately the states have mm. quite a bit of power. Mm. So American citizens are relatively protected by their own system yeah it's the rest of the world and and undocumented americans yeah but undocumented undocumented um people i want to Mm. call them citizens technically Mm. they're not citizens Mm. but so many of them should be um and should be offered a route Mm. but the different states deal with undocumented Mm. people differently Mm. so Certain states have protections for undocumented immigrants. And in California, propositions come up about mm. how mm. hospitals and schools mm. should deal with the children of people who are undocumented. Mm. And um, so th- it depends where you live. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I can, I, I can imagine that, you know, if you're in California or if you're in Oregon, then your state government is going to be able to be a meaningful check against the Trump presidency. Yeah, Ann Coulter, in, Ann yeah. Coulter once joked yeah. um, during an abortion debate that um, yeah. it doesn't matter what happens at the federal level. Yeah. Mm. In California, you'll always be able to get an abortion mm. until after the child is born, which is a really terrible, yeah. Yeah. tasteless but, thing for her to say. But and I guess, you know, if you're in Alabama or Texas or Georgia, then it's probably less likely that your state government is going to provide a meaningful resistance to... Do you see what I mean? Like, where you well, live... So the so, I mean, it dep- for example, some of those states mm. have provided what they believe mm. to be the right, correct... Mm conservative mm. check to Obama's yeah. overstepping mm. socialism yeah. by doing things like trying to repeal Obamacare, yes. the yes. Affordable Care Act, yes. for example, or getting back at the Affordable Care Act by shutting down all women's clinics. Yeah. So they still have a lot of power. It's just a question of... No, I'm not saying they don't have power. I'm just saying that they are not going to be likely to enact measures to tackle the extremes of a far-right presidency. But they themselves are already 
more extreme yeah. well, than less. Congress in many cases. Yeah. Yeah. And that has always been the yeah. way. So, yeah. for example, um, when um, Arkansas was, yeah. when the public schools in Arkansas were being desegregated, yeah. the federal government stepped in and sent yeah. the National Guard yeah. in because the state itself yes. wasn't... Yeah wasn't agreeing yes. to desegregate yeah. even though it, yes. it was federal law. So there has always been multiple scales at mm. which the state works yes. on you yes. in the United States. Yes. That's always been yes. the case. So I'm not sure that the Trump presidency would be so far beyond what some of the states have already tried Hmm. Hmm. And does the federal government is the fed, is let's say an Obama presidency able to provide checks and balances on the like you know like Marriage Equality Act yeah. is one presumably yes that Trump if he has a pliable Congress might well repeal. yeah Obamacare might well be repealed so it would of course go to the Supreme Court yeah. So the Supreme Court has protected both of those things. Mm. The reason marriage equality was was legalized yeah. is because the Supreme Court... Yeah, except the Supreme Court would look different under if Trump was nominating as opposed to Hillary. It depends, yes. Depends who he nominates, presumably, and depends what kind of Congress he has. Hope Hicks. <laughs> uh, Corey Lewandowski. Rudy Giuliani. Ivanka. Now Ivanka would be like Secretary of State. <laughs> no, apparently Ivanka will be running the Trump like foundation, like the Trump organization. Oh, maybe he'll his, make money finally. That, well, that's his. That, I mean, that's his response to the conflict of interest thing. Oh, yes. So he says, like, oh, there won't be a conflict of interest. I'll just get my daughter to run it. Maybe it'll start to generate he just income. Does, I mean, he doesn't know words and meanings of things. I think, well, it's more that he... It means whatever he wants it to mean in the moment. Brexit means Brexit. So he just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much more we could talk about oh. over on this side. Um... But I mean, I think going back to the the satire hmm. issue and the satire question and the apocalypse, hmm. I feel like apocalyptic thinking has become like popular again hmm. in the last ten fifteen years in in the pop culture sense. Yes, um, it kind of had a little bit of a a lull mm. in the 80s and 90s, I feel like. But the sort of Orwellian style of imagining the future is, mm. is making a comeback. And mm. some, I mean, there's a couple of geographers who write about mm. the apocalypse and sustainability. And they talk about it as a as a way of mobilizing liberal sentiments, progressive mm. sentiments towards change because the liberal agenda is really difficult to enact because it requires mm. a certain amount of imagination. The conservative imagination harks back 
to something that already exists, which is a narrative of the past. Whereas the progressive imagination requires a consensus around something that has not yet happened. And so the, the apocalyptic vision of the future mm. at least allows for a consensus about what we don't want to happen. Except I don't, I mean, I, I, I think, yeah, I know what you mean, but I've just, I mean, there is, and I, I, I don't know what proportion of this is the case, but there is certainly a strand of right-wing apocalyptic thinking that is apocalyptic in the sense that apocalypse isn't something to avoid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's, it's the welcoming of the apocalypse, right? Yeah, there yeah. is that strand as well, isn't there? Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the whole evangelical yes. thing. And so yeah. um, the other week, yeah. your colleague and friend mm. um, and my good acquaintance was talking about this. She's also American. And we were discussing the Left Behind mm. series. Mm. Were you there? No. Did you? Okay. No. We, were, we were discussing the Left Behind series, which be- they were an R. Mm. A really popular series, I think there are 12, mm. 12 volumes, um, about the apocalypse, mm. about about the people who get left behind after mm. the Christians have been yes. raptured. Yes. And it was written, I mean, they're terrible, they're terribly mm. written. Mm. Um, this is the point at which we finally get trolls. Um, they're terribly written, and they're horribly imagined like mm. There's, mm. there's not much in there but the idea is that the christians all disappear and everyone who's left behind mm. is super sad about it mm. i haven't read beyond that point mm. um but there is an entire kind of realm of evangelical thinking around being saved in the apocalypse and is it possible to figure out how close that body of thinking is might be to a Trump presidency. Like, is there a connection there? Like, no, do they, no, no. Do they not like Trump? No, not in the sense of, um, not in the sense of Trump is the first horseman of the apocalypse. Okay. Not, th- hmm. he's not part of hmm. the agenda. Hmm. Like, he's not hmm. on the books for it. But like, hmm. I, it's it doesn't. It's one of those contradictions. Hmm. In Christian theology, mm. um, that and I'm, I know that we have people who listen to our podcast mm. who are far more knowledgeable about this than we are. So comment mm. with more about this if you mm. know. Um, but it is a fundamental contradictory aspect of mm. Christ, of evangelical thinking, mm. which is that when you are saved. Mm. Stuff gets super awesome for you, yeah. But also, you kind of don't want it to happen yet. Like it's yeah. not a sort of like yes, mm. hurry up, mm. Jesus return. You know, it's it's mm. it's not quite as like clear cut, yeah, as that. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah. sure. There is a Christian support for Trump, obviously. Which makes no sense to me. You know, like, 
like you know if you're if you're a christian values voter how how are you looking at trump and seeing something worth supporting well it's not the embodiment of the christian values necessarily it really isn't it's the, the and that's not always how it yeah. works yeah hence i think why you have all of these pastors and religious leaders in the united yeah. states who end up you know in the midst of scandals and things Catholic church. yeah and i'm not you know i don't know i don't know exactly why mm. but i know that the embodiment of the values mm. doesn't matter mm. so much um but also i think that i mean it is really interesting that the so the conventional narrative has been that pe- more people are voting for Hillary Clinton because they're scared of Trump but pretty much every bit of evidence i've seen suggests that more people are voting for him because they don't like her yes than than are voting for her because they don't like him yes exactly and that is completely terrifying that they'd rather vote for him than vote for yes someone who's like the most qualified there's been in recent times yeah i mean he's she's a woman and she's liberal yeah or, or, you know. and she's friends with obama yes and he's not a charismatic leader yeah that's not which mm. was the kind of the the tactic the republican party took with bush mm. for example yeah um and one could argue of course that barack obama has a certain amount of charisma but trump is not that mm. trump is a protest vote yeah i mean it's 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 you know we mentioned brexit in passing it's not unlike the um michael moore made this point about about trump voters saying that trump he he like he expects trump to win mm-hmm. and that's not because anyone who's voting for trump expect anything good it's a let's stare it all down burn it all down and start again yes and that might not be i mean i, I don't know how much i buy it but it's certainly on the face of it not an unconvincing explanation for brexit either yes um i don't i mean certainly i would i would wouldn't be surprised if a proportion of brexit voters weren't voting because they expected it to be good for the country they were just tired of a system that doesn't do isn't doing anything for them and is voting for something that will be harmful for the system yes because they're not they're not expecting anything good for themselves anyway yes which is a i think a, an accurate depiction of a certain demographic of trump voter i mean it's the tom hanks it's hopeless SNL. it's hopelessness yes. yes it's and this is where the the cracked article is very explicit in its language using cracked's traditional um tone that he says it is fucking hopeless in a lot of these parts of the country and that, i mean that's that's what's the most you know whatever happens and you know in my in my less pessimistic moments i'm i i still am able to convince myself that she will win but even if she does how do you you know if how do you carry on with a system how can a system be tenable when 35 40 45% of the people of the population have zero investment in it yeah you know how how is that viable as as a democracy 
it's a problem for the UK and for the United yes. States. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Yes. You know? Solidarity yes. to all of our activist friends and colleagues who are out on the front lines yeah. in various places. Yeah. And um, battling the pipeline and... Yeah. Um, we will come back after the elections, whatever happens. Yes. Unless... Unless we get shut down. <laughs> yeah, we might <laughs> we might end up in prison. Yeah. Um but you know if you are able to vote then vote. Yes. If you are in a position to persuade other people to vote, then persuade other people to vote. Please consider not voting for Trump. Yes. Please consider persuading other people not to vote for Trump. Back in the day, I used to say things like, you know, vote. I don't care who you vote for, vote. Now I cannot, yes. in good conscience, no. say that. No. So I won't. Yes. Um, and, yeah. Vote with your conscience. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Lying Ted. Um... <laughs> Oh, Ted Cruz. He managed to go on, like, a campaign rally in support of Trump and refused to name Trump. Mm. Ted. It, it, I mean, it takes a particular level of gutlessness to campaign for someone who has accused your father of helping to assassinate a previous <laughs> president. I mean, that's a level of gutlessness that is awe-inspiring. Yes. Did you read that article about Ted Cruz, about his days in college? No. We'll link to it. Yeah. It'll make you long for the beautiful days of last February. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Have fun as much as you as much as you can. Get some rest. Yeah. You know, drink fluids. <laughs> Fortify um, yourself. Yes, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, assuming we still. S- Stay sane. We'll catch you on the other side. Take care. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I have been Hannah Fitzpatrick. And I have been Anindya Vichardry. You can contact me on Twitter at Dr. H. Fitz. And me at Dr. Anindya R. Our music was provided by the Agrarians, and this has been the State of the Theory. Thank you. Where would we be?